Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Are you mad at me? (laughs) No. Well, no. I was just supposed to go on a date with my girlfriend. It's fine. (laughs) I did something bad, you guys. Guys, I got a text from Christine yesterday. And it just... Let me just read it to you. Oh, no. It made made me... Made me smile now, but... Oh, no. Then it did not. Um, I got a text from her saying, M, you're going to stab me in the heart. (laughs) And then she said, I don't even deserve you as a friend. And so, <clears throat> being sarcastic, oh, I said... I, I thought you were totally serious. Oh, no. I was being sarcastic, and I was like, let me guess. It didn't record. And all I got was dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? So, basically, Christine, our audio engineer... <laughs> dropped the ball. Dropped the ball. Here's what I have to say. In my defense, when we recorded this episode the first time around... Mm-hmm. It was the first episode in over a year of this podcast that I did not have a drink in my hand. Isn't that wild, guys? The first time I've... This is what happens when you're sober. It's a big mistake. That was my Mm -hmm. first fucking mistake. (laughs) And now we have to do it all over again. And guess what? I'm still fucking sober. Yeah. Yeah. How's that going, by the way, your Whole30? I'm doing a Whole30 elimination diet for my stomach. I don't want to talk about it all over again like I did in the messed up recording. But point is, I miss wine so much. I don't blame you. Yeah, it's a struggle. And yesterday was just proof that bad things happen. To good people. To To sober people. people. To sober people. Bad things happen to sober people. So take this as a PSA. Yes. Go drink something. Um, (sighs) What should we talk about? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. Okay. Let's just say we gave Em a gift that Mm -hmm. a lot of listeners had contributed to that was just his idea from our secret Facebook group. And Em got to open it and... I recorded the whole thing and it was great and obviously it got all fucked up. So I'm going to try and insert it here. So just before one, the audio is crummy because it recorded through the pot, through the laptop instead of the microphones. But I want to have M's real reaction. 
Okay. So is that okay if I just No, that's it? fine. Just sorry in advance that we sound like we're a million miles away. By the way, you know what's so funny is that we spoke into these microphones the entire time for literally like just novelty. And it was recording over here in my computer. Uh, all right. Anyway, here is the horrible version of my wonderful reaction. It's something you mentioned a long time ago that you wanted. Is this a thunder blanket? It's an anxiety. It's a gravity blanket. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Oh, it's so heavy. I know. Oh, this is going to feel so good. Everybody. Was, oh, man. Because you had mentioned it a long time ago. And everyone's like, we just need to make it happen for us. This is so great. Oh, oh my God. I'm so excited. This is so cool. You put it on while you're recording. I, no, I'm trying to pick it up. It's just really heavy. Did you guys get the heaviest one? That's why I asked you for your weight the other day. Oh, I thought you were just being a bitch. <laughs> Entirely possible. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah, no. Because you were like, what's your weight? It's a surprise. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck does that I'm mean? I'm going to write it on a big poster <laughs> and hang it up so where everyone can see it. Because I'm third grade. Guys. Megan, you're bullish. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Megan. She smells like a dead fucking body. <laughs> guys, this is so nice. I still am trying to get it out of this box. This is amazing. Yay. You guys are so I don't deserve this at all. This is nice. Okay. Guys, that was so nice of you. It was sweet. Like, just so I can say it with clarity in my audio, (laughs) it's, it was the nicest random, most random act of kindness. It was just, I was not expecting that. There was no reason for you guys to do that except just to make me happy. And I I also want to list the names one more time of yeah. who donated to it. It I a lot of people within twenty four hours the whole blanket was paid for. That's amazing. It was so sweet. So it was Jess's idea she brought to my attention. These are the people who donated. Carly, Michelle, Kyle, Sabrina, Hannah, Leslie, Anna, Suzanne, Regina, Nicolette, Shannon, Jamie, Ashley, Jamie, Lisa, Michelle, Anita, Elise, Leanne, Amanda, and Julie all contributed to it. Amazing. So kind. Amazing. And um I want to thank Jess for helping set that up. Um, we still have her crime con GoFundMe going on um, on the Facebook group. I just posted about it. If you can help get her to crime con so we can give her a big hug, that would be amazing. Please help. We want to meet Jess we so bad. We really want her to come. Um, and speaking of crime con, if you use our promo code ATWWD when you buy your badge, you will receive a surprise gift from us as well as a meet and greet with us because we also want to give you a big hug. We really do. We want to meet you so badly. Thank you guys for the year of commitment you've put into our show. And we haven't even met you yet, so we want to. Yeah, we really do. And that's all I have to say. Did you experience the earthquake? When was that? Okay, so no. Wait, maybe I did. Did you? Because I thought something was shaking. Maybe that's why my bed moved. Wow! That's what it was then. That's what it was. Was it at 2.16 in the morning? Yes. I just told you it was like around 2, right? Yeah. That's what it was. Oh my God, I just told a whole ghost story. (laughs) about how my bed and we just debunked it Damn it! i mean good but we told a whole story about how my bed shifted in the middle of the night and it was like shaking and it turns out it was an earthquake oh man i'm so stupid well no because it was my first earthquake that i've felt yeah and i was at uh, allison's actually we had just recorded it was the day that we recorded right yeah and yes yeah and so that after we recorded, I went to Allison's because her house is closer and it was already like midnight mm. and I couldn't sleep. And so I stayed up and I like watched Netflix or something like that. And around 2 a.m. I was like, OK, I guess I should go to bed. That's exactly what happened to me. Yeah. And so I was lying down and maybe I maybe 10 minutes into falling asleep. 
all of a sudden, like I woke up to the craziest sound in the whole world. Like it sounded like the world was opening up. It was just like, boom. Oh, like, I didn't hear that. Oh no. We heard the whole thing. And well, we were only a mile away from it. Cause it was in Silver Lake. Oh, was the epicenter. And so, um, but like we both woke up and we're both really deep sleepers. So for both of us to wake yeah. up, I looked at her and I was like, did you feel that? And she was like, yeah. And I, I already knew she had to have felt it for us to be awake. Yeah. But like, I like as we were lying there, she was like, "What was that?" And I was like, "I think that was an earthquake." And I was like, "What do we do?" And she was like, "What do we do?" She was like, "I think we stand in a doorway." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, we're on the second floor. I'm not standing in a fucking doorway for this whole house to collapse on us." And so that's I, why you stand in the doorway because it doesn't collapse. Well, also like we're right next to her front door and all that. So I was like, Allison, like I'm not trying to be like that baby, but like I we're fucking leaving and so i made her get up at two what? at two thirty in the morning but i mean wasn't her- it already over yeah but i didn't know if there'd be like an aftershock or like if it, that was like the beginning of the <laughs> oh end my God. look i've watched a lot of like dystopian so movies crazy. but so i assumed that like if there was one there like it could just be like a, some also sort- you're not supposed to go outside in an earthquake so i don't know what you two are doing but read up on the they say stand in a doorway or like stand in your bathroom with a mattress over you or something like that. But I was like, I would rather at least be outside. No, than ha- you're not supposed to be outside. That's where shit falls on you. Well, whatever. Okay. It doesn't matter. I'm glad. Not, I'm glad you didn't die. And now I'm glad there's not, not a ghost shoving my bed in the middle of the night. <laughs> I thought it was a fucking ghost. No, like I saw everything like shaking and swaying in her room. And then like after we woke up you could still feel like it felt like the bed was like on yeah, my vibrate. bed was vibrating yeah oh my god i really thought it was a ghost <laughs> well never mind all right and that's why we drink and that's why we fucking drink and that's why i don't drink i drink Lacroix today oh yeah yuck i love it but i hate it at the same time because i miss wine one day when Lacroix is our sponsor you'll hear us <laughs> being like we love Lacroix. it doesn't taste like backwash at all i mean to be fair i drink it constantly and also you drink mine constantly so i do thank you, you for your so much thank you for your purchase um, also, I want to say that the original, a lot of people were like, we don't want to lose it and not hear it. And I'm like, all right, suit yourself. Sorry for your ears. But I am posting it on Patreon for those people who do want to hear it because there are some fun rants and jokes and fun stuff in there that aren't going to make it into this episode, unfortunately. And thank you for the um, for being a part of our Facebook Live today. Yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. That was very fun. People got a tour of our new studio oh yeah if you're on patreon and you missed it you can go back and look and watch the video mm-hmm. we took you on a little tour of the house and the cellar door opened by itself just saying yep and we showed the cellar we showed what it looked like in there and the podcast studio all done up yep so feel free to go check that out also this episode we're gonna i'm putting it out literally after we record so there's gonna be minimal editing so i apologize in advance yep we'll just see how it goes so if you hear coughing or if you hear geo's footsteps just know that would have been edited out some but we just we're doing we're doing this it's like a practice live episode yeah exactly there's some m throat clears going on i clear my throat a lot you guys so, don't actually know how i often. actually find the the wavelength i know what it looks like <laughs> on audacity and i clear them out so i'm sorry no it's fine but here one comes <clears throat> that's the one yep get ready for that This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. 
Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Are right. we ready to go? I'm ready. Are we like pretending to react? I feel like... I kind of forget what the hell we even talked about. So we can at least, I mean, we don't have to pretend, but I'm going to still be like, oh, wow. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm still going to like, be. I was like, are, how much do, that was my real question, I guess. How much do you remember? Like, am I, because like the shock factor isn't there anymore, you know? I know. I fucked up big time. It's okay. They'll, they'll be shocked. Guys, we're relying on your gasps for this. Okay. So get ready. I'm going to react anyway, because I just feel like it. Okay, I'm going to react to yours, too, because I'm not too sure what we talked about either. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, sorry. This is a real look into what <laughs> We're um, sorry. We're sorry. So this is the story of the Congress Plaza Hotel in Chicago. Mm, I remember that. <laughs> and now do you remember how you are affiliated with the Congress Plaza Hotel? H.H. H. Holmes. Yes. I mean, I'm not affiliated. Oh. <laughs> but... H.H. Holmes, this was one of the hotels that he supposedly uh, walked through, like, through the lobby regularly to search for women. To, like, lure his victims. And what he... a fucker. Also, what is the sound? I'm sorry, a guy's soldering his gate outside. Okay, so before we get a whole lot of guff about the audio still being bad, it's not us. It's our fucking neighbor. And by our, I mean Christine. Uh, I was just going to let it go, but... All right. All right. <clears throat> so anyway, yes, this is one of the hotels of H.H. Holmes, um, although... Other people have said that this isn't the actual hotel. It's like actually a couple blocks away. Oh, okay. But I mean, I'm for the sake of the story, I'm going to call it the HH Let's Holmes go hotel. with it. Let's roll with it. Let's just see where that takes us. Let's roll with the win. So this hotel was built in 1893, and it was originally called the Auditorium Annex. Again, I said this last time, not as cool of a name. I don't think so either. Um, it was built for the World's Fair in Chicago. And my favorite thing about this story is that there are, there's no like, 
bullshit history. Like this, <laughs> this just goes straight into the murders. We love and that. the deaths and we the love ghosts. That. So that that was literally that one bullet, 1893, built for the World's Fair, known as the Auditorium Annex. <laughs> oh my God, there's your history, folks. All right, I feel educated already. Let's get into the death because that's what we're all here for. Always. All right, Cheers. get your get your slurping glasses ready. In 1900, so only seven years into it being opened, right? In 1900, there was a captain of the Spanish-American War. He was a veteran named Lou. Lou was staying in the hotel. And this is where he committed suicide by gunshot to the head. Mother. His death was ruled to be accidental, however, because um, a lot of the people that they talked to, like his friends and family, were like, we don't know why he would have done that. He was in such good spirits. And he literally that day married his wife. Whoa. Um, he like was just like he had never shown any signs of there being any mental illness. And... He, the, but they did know that he suffered from severe insomnia and night terrors. And so they think like, you know, he it's 1900. Everyone apparently just has a gun on them all the time. And so <laughs> they think that in the middle of one of his night terrors, he probably woke up, thought he was still in one of his like violent dreams and shot himself by accident. I'm sorry, look out the window. What is that? Do you see that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's someone soldering. Oh, Okay. I was like, is there an alien here now? I'm so... No, he's literally soldering the gate. Okay. Well. Unscripted, and that's why we drink. All right. <laughs> I thought it was a UFO. It I'm, looked like a UFO. It was like not a UFO. It's like flashing outside the... Also, I can't see anymore because I looked right into the light, which is why they have those helmets on, but I did not. We should get one of those helmets just in case. Oh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they think that Lou's suicide by gunshot was accidental because he thought he was in one of his dreams. That's so sad. Yes. So then... Two years later, they started construction on the south tower of the hotel, and from 1902 to 1907, it was being built. But there is a rumor that during that time of construction, there is a worker who got trapped behind some of the walls, <clears throat> and so now they claim that they see a hand come out of the walls. Wasn't his name Drywall Dave? It certainly <laughs> was. So sad. That's your legacy. <laughs> Drywall Dave. Oh. 1904, two years later. Um, the hotel guests witnessed an elevator operator fall 70 feet <laughs> to the bottom of the elevator shaft, and he was killed on impact. That's like one of my biggest fears, falling down an elevator shaft. But why? How often does that it happen? It doesn't, but it's just the concept of, like, you have no control if, like, an elevator... I mean, it's more I like... I mean, I'm scared of, like, being in an elevator I mean. and then it dropping. That's what I mean. Oh, I thought you meant, like, an open shaft. But also that... So, like, I mean, wouldn't you notice? <laughs> or, <laughs> I mean, he did it. I don't I, know. I guess so. <laughs> So in 1904, there was a guest named Roy Gormley, and he was in the hotel's ballroom. He paid the orchestra $500. In 1908, $500. That's a lot. Paid the orchestra $500 to play the death march for him as he went to his room, and when he got there, he shot himself. What the fuck? Also in 1908, there was an attempted murder-suicide right outside of the hotel's entrance where a woman named Ruby and her husband were shot by Ruby's lover. Oh, jeez. Um, both of them survived. Oh, fun fact. I didn't realize that. An attempted murder-suicide. He shot both of them, and then the lover shot himself. Yeesh. They stayed together, although after a few years, they realized it wasn't working out, and they got divorced. <laughs> oh, so bummer. Whoops. Um, and that kind of puts a damp Suicide kind of puts a damper on I know. In 1916, a miner investor, like mining, oh, 
I thought you meant he was like like he invested in children. No, I thought he was like 14 and he was like, oh, yes, actually. I mean, back then you could be an (laughs) investor at 14. He worked on Wall Street. In 1916, an investor named Morse, um, him and his wife formed a suicide pact. What? And they in room 312, which still exists of the hotel, they ingested cyanide capsules. Oh, my God. She survived. He did not. And when they asked her what the fuck they were doing. She said that they accidentally took cyanide That's capsules. not a thing. Because they believed that what they were taking were Epsom salt supplements. And they just happen to have cyanide tablets on them? Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Yes. That sounds like spy shit. Well, that's what they thought. So they sent her to a home, and from that home, she attempted to jump off the third <gasps> floor window. Also survived. What? Like fucking Michael Malloy, <laughs> but without the alcohol. Michaela Malloy. Michaela Malloy. And uh, Mr. Not Mr. Mr. David's dead. Mrs. David, after she tried jumping off of the third floor window, right. was then admitted into a high, uh, psychiatric hospital. So okay, that probably. was, they were like, okay, three strikes, you're out. Probably about time. In 1919, mm-hmm. I'm just running down the list. There's I just love so it. many deaths. Go, go, go. So much death. We love it. In 1919. I mean, disclaimer, we don't, but it's. Disclaimer, don't email us. We're clearly joking. We're not assholes. In 1919. A young woman was poisoned at a party being held in Congress. In in Congress. <laughs> oh wow. Congress used to throw these ragers. Wow. Yeah, back when like the government was fun. It's like solo cups. Back everywhere. when Big Brother was Big Frat Bro. <laughs> big, big, big Frat Brother. Uh, so they they held in the Congress Plaza Hotel. A young woman in 1919 was poisoned at a party in the Florentine Room. Okay. Or no, not in the Florentine Room. It's called like the Pomian Pomean Room very weird what pomeranian like room. pomeranian that's what i i keep calling it the pomeranian and i was intentionally trying to not call it that and then i accidentally called it a wrong name fuck me so in <laughs> 1919 it's okay and we're not mad about it i was really stressed out there could you tell yes she so okay, so she was poisoned in the pomeranian room okay in 1919 an opera singer also tried to attempt suicide by poison in the pomeranian room wait what like was she also at a party or no it's she... just convenient oh my congress had stopped throwing ragers by the end of the year so <laughs> it's no longer frat brother right in 1920 uh there was a group of guests in the hotel that decided to do shots of moonshine together oh boy good times good times however it gave people severe poisoning oh. and actually killed one of them oh that's how you know the moonshine's too fucking strong something's wrong with the it moonshine. was actually kerosene um <laughs> it was cyanide tablets they just thought it was moonshine right it was actually epsom salt um in 1926 a woman named harriet accidentally fell six stories down the elevator shaft oh my god with the elevator into the basement and was killed on impact of the basement splat impact of the basement impact of the basement not into it not like into not it. impact of the air above the basement which where is where it's she was possible. falling um in 1928 a guy named G. Herb Palin. Cool. Suffered from a heart attack in the hotel. Not cool. <clears throat> what is cool is that he coined the term safety first. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. That's, Wait, he died of a heart attack, right? Right. Yeah, because yes. I had so, thought that he died falling down the elevator shaft, which would have been just so ironic. But yeah, safety first. Safety first. Interestingly, like, the man ate nothing but, like, fatty, fatty, fatty food his whole life. Right, he's like, safety first, and then, you know, heart attack. I mean... 
safety first means you board yourself up in your house. Don't get any well, Like safety first. That's called the whole 30, right, Christine? And then you don't get a heart attack. Clearly not because I'm fucking shit up left and right, <laughs> to be honest with you. <clears throat> There's one of those famous throat clears. Love it. In 1939, this one's really sad. Oh, no. Do not tell me. Do not tell you what? What did you say oh no about? No. Oh, oh no. You said this one's really sad. Oh, I thought you said oh no. And I was like, do not tell me this has not been recording again. I was about to get so goddamn mad. I thought you, I thought you were saying, I thought you were like, do not tell me like my own story. I was like, I don't even remember this story. I don't even remember. I was like, do not look at that computer no, and then I'm back sorry. at me. I'm sorry. Because your eyes were squinting too. And I was like, are sorry. you trying to figure something out? No, I'm not wearing glasses. My grandma texted me. That's probably how your grandma texts without her glasses. <laughs> oh, it's because my sister now wears size 10 shoes and she's 13. Damn. Yeah. So that's all. Her and I have the same size feet. Guess so. Yikes. In 1939, during World War One and World War II, the Congress Plaza Hotel was used to house immigrants and refugees. Oh, wow. From war-torn countries. That's kind of nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Most people should probably be like this fucking hotel. Nice AF. Except without the murder and elevator shaft. Yeah, except without any elevators, actually, just in case. Just don't. Safety first. You got to just put slides or stairs. No, stairs are dangerous, too. Well, it's just all like just kind of float around our own little hover bubbles. Okay. So in 1939, one immigrant who was a Czech Jewish woman named Adele. Mm -hmm. She was staying in the hotel with her two sons. Well, I I, I already remember this. I'm sad again. (laughs) That's why I looked at you. I was like, I'm going to wait for it to click in your head what's happening. Um, So they were in the country on a six-month visa, and it was about to expire, or it had already expired, something along those lines. And her husband was supposed to be joining them, but he was not, like, they were not able to reach him. They didn't know where he was. They were afraid that maybe he already got deported. Um, She was getting, like, very nervous, very, very paranoid that they were, the government was on their way to deport them. Mm -hmm. Um. To a point where she had herself a nervous breakdown. And in 1939, she took her children to the zoo. They had a great day. Brought them back to their room on the 12th floor and threw them out the window. (laughs) Then she jumped out of the window and all three of them died. Oh, my God. Um, How old were the kids? Do we know? Four and six. No. What if I said seven and eight? Would it have been different? No. It's just all so sad. They went to the zoo and had ice cream and saw the monkeys. Well, to be fair, in 1939, I bet ice cream sucked. Also, the zoo was really depressing back then because they, like... Tortured animals? Whipped lions. I made that up, but... I don't know. (laughs) I'm imagining the 30s was a horrible time for zoos. I feel like... Or maybe better times because, like, there weren't all these PETA rules. Maybe you could, like, really get wild with the animals. That's... No, but worse times for the animals because they... I know, but in the 30s, no one had emotions. Were abused. Oh. Okay. Right? We're making a lot of assumptions and I'm just going to believe all of them. I know that animals were not treated well in zoos in the 1930s, for sure. I don't... I agree with you there. Okay. Okay. Maybe just... Maybe let's just keep going. Really? (laughs) I think we're good where we are. Okay. Let's just stop right here. Well, here's the sadder part of that story is that that same day that she killed herself and the children, her husband was not reachable because he was surprising her at the hotel that night showing up because he wasn't supposed to get there right away and he found a way to get there earlier was going to surprise them at the hotel with the letter from canada saying they had permanent residency there the just that makes my heart sink so awfully yes that's so fucking tragic in the 1940s there was a resident of the hotel who had a wooden leg 
And he was having breakfast in the hotel when he suffered a heart attack, too. And oh, boy. Died. Oh, boy. Safety first. Safety first. In 1950, the security managers went upstairs to the room of a 25-year-old guest who owed them $104. He had an overdue unpaid bill. Uh-oh. I know. So the security managers uh, knocked on his door, asked him about it. He let them in and said, yeah, can you just wait here and let me go get my wallet? Came out with a gun and shot them point blank and then killed himself. What? What is even the point of that? In 1966, a lawyer was found in his room naked and strangled by his (gasps) own shirt. Oh, no. And his wrists and feet were bound together with his own socks. Nobody knows what happened to him? So this is the, like, during this whole time, there was talk that there was paranormal activity going on and that they were manipulating these people to hurt themselves because anytime there was um a a death that looked like someone was murdered but no trace of an actual murderer it was like the door had been locked from the inside and no one had ever followed them into the room and like there's no proof that anyone had ever seen them cold war spy shit yeah it's very weird but so how would he have strangled himself with his shirt exactly so like they think oh something paranormal happened yeesh or, I mean, at, this was a little later, but I'll get into this, but there was a lot of gang activity. Right, true. So maybe something happened and it slipped through the cracks. Who knows? Got it. In 1970, a woman committed suicide by slitting her wrists in the bathtub. Oh, no. And guests have reported seeing the dead girl's ghost appear in their bathtubs. Oh, and no. And if not the see-through ghost, they have just seen a woman's dead body staring at them when they come into the bathroom oh, in the middle of the night. Oh, my God. Yeah. In the middle of the night? Yeah, like with the Fuck lights no. off and shit. Dude. It's also believed that an exorcism took place here somewhere in the hotel, and the staff refuses to confirm which place, which room it took place in. Oh, interesting. But they don't deny that it happened. Oh, so they're just like, we won't tell you where. We won't tell you where. What? Just know that it happened. No. Additional deaths. Great. Because they don't have years. So I'm just going to list off these other deaths. Okay. There was a taxi driver who was staying there who jumped from the North Tower. Oh my God, everyone's jumping out of the building. There was a salesman who purposely threw himself down the elevator shaft. Enough with the elevator. There was a man who hung himself from a cupboard hook in his room. A cupboard hook. What was that thing made of? Metal? Yeah. I know, but like, how was it just hanging? I feel like if you you hang a whole body on a little cupboard hook, how'd the whole door not fall off? I mean... I don't want to know. I tell myself that it's made of, like, shit Ikea wood. And, like, it's just... I'm sure it was. I don't know. Um, (laughs) A homeless man was reportedly murdered in the alleyway behind the hotel. Oh. An insurance salesman was at the hotel, and then he walked into Lake Michigan and drowned himself. What? Another guest went into the hotel where he then cut off all of his dry cleaner tags out of his clothes, burned all of his identifying (gasps) paperwork, walked into the lake, and shot himself. (gasps) I told you. Cold War. It's very... Spies. That's what they did. So, um... This location, I know you haven't seen it, but for any of the people who are unfortunate enough to have not watched this movie, the movie 1408 is one of my favorite paranormal movies. Right. I just think it's very original, and I think that um, it's not one of those typical, like, oh, look around the corner, and then it's there. It, like, actually has its own interesting play out. And, right. Um, it's actually about, it's John Cusack, and he stars as a writer who is a skeptic, um, about a haunted hotel so he goes to this hotel and then the room 1408 Mm. 
is this haunted room that is completely sealed off from the guests. No one's allowed to ever be in there because apparently any guest that ever stays in there cannot make it out alive within the hour because something compels them to kill themselves. Oh, no. And it's based off Stephen King's book, right? It's all, Yep, it's okay. a Stephen King book, 1408. Have you read it? I haven't read it. I think it? it's really long, isn't it? Or am Probably. I... I mean, the I wanted to read Stephen King's It, and it's like... It's so long. The audiobook is 11 hours. Like, I read, woof. I read The Shining, but not It. I think I, could, I would get into 1408, I think. Because I like the movie. Yeah. But, um, but it's just, it's a really good story, and it's super creepy, but... I mean, there's a lot of parallels. Like, I haven't read the book, so I don't get to, like, really be a snob sure. about this. But based on the movie, this, the hotel in the movie seems a lot like this hotel where Interesting. anyone who has survived from this, from, like, their attempts in this hotel have all said that they felt like they were compelled to do it. Not that they actually wanted to oh or they ever God. waltzed in with the intention. They just, like, something caused them to want to do this. And so that's where a lot of people think that Stephen King's story, 1408, um, it was inspired off this location. Okay. <clears throat> also, just looking off my notes for once in my fucking life, it actually says Stephen King's short story, 1408. So we might oh. actually be able to read that pretty fast. Oh, is it? For some reason, I thought it was long, but it might be because it's made of numbers. <laughs> 1408. <laughs> 1408 pages. I was going to say, maybe it's over a thousand pages. I don't know. Well, Clearly. it says short story, but since it's Stephen King, maybe it's just the length of a normal story. <laughs> um. So a lot of people believe that this hotel inspired Stephen King's 1408. However, a former employee has said that that is entirely fictional. Oh. And it comes actually from a woman named Ursula who invented uh, who invented the entire thing up. What totally a- made it up for her, one of her own books. And then the, they even met her or what? worked for her at one point and said, like, is it about Stephen King's like, is Stephen King's 1408 about this, like you said? And she said, well, no, but it makes a good story. Ursula! Ursula. You witch. Get it? Didn't we talk about it last time? I think we said every Ursula we've ever met was just a horrible person. Oh, yes, we did. Because Phoebe's twin. Phoebe's twin. Ariel's. Ariel's Ursula. Ursula. This Ursula, who's making shit up. You said you ha- you knew an Ursula that yeah. you didn't like. There's an old, up. old lady named Ursula who used to be really mean to me as a child and called me dumb and fat. Yep. She's an old German lady in Maryland. Gross. She was very mean. So anyway. So Ursula. Uh, good luck, Ursula. Classic Ursula. Classic Ursulas. Anyway, if you're an Ursula, it's nice. We're sorry for your name. Um, <laughs> we feel, we pity you. We, uh, honestly, Ursula, it's not us. It's you. Um, so H.H. Holmes, like we said, was known to meet women in the lobby here before taking them back to his, quote, Myrtle, murder castle. Myrtle his myrtle his myrtle his castle. grandma myrtle's house <laughs> uh his murder castle that's so fucked he would go around the lobby he would see women looking for work and would offer them employment at his pharmacy Ugh, what a jerk although people who have worked at this hotel have said that that's not true and the hotel people talk about is actually a couple blocks away oh but i mean like i said in the beginning i'm gonna I'm going to not. We're going to Ursula this and I'm, pretend it's true. Honestly, it just makes a good story. So. <laughs> um, so when I said gang activity was involved. Right. Al Capone's ghost has been reported in this hotel, Ooh. both in the bar and the lobby. 
where we both know you'd be in the bar and I'd be I in the lobby. I don't know why you're in the lobby. I'd be, <laughs> it's a good time in the bar. Uh, he was known to frequent the hotel a lot. He had a lot of, quote, business meetings. Fun. At the Congress Plaza Bet Hotel. those were very boring. Oh, yes. Nothing, nothing out of ordinary. A lot of PowerPoints. A lot of Excel sheets. Yes. A lot of Ursulas, Sales I'm sure, reports, in the crowd. Ursula. Um, hotels, the hotel's basement was used for a lot of probably smuggling goods oh. and having, like, some not so... Savory. Savory meetings. Um... Some of his gang actually once held a prisoner, a guy. Well, he held a guy there and held him prisoner. Oh, no. Um, and a lot of people want to connect Al Capone to the St. Valentine's Day massacre, which I think at this point it's just assumed that he was connected, but they never had any true proof. Right. But the biggest evidence that they ever had on him being connected to the St. Valentine's Day massacre is that a guy named Jake Guzik, mm-hmm. who was known in his gang as Greasy Thumb... <laughs> Sorry, what? Can you imagine if that's your Greasy fucking name? Thumb? I'm going to join a gang to be really cool and no one's going <laughs> to so make sad. fun of me. I'm going to be so tough. Everyone's going to take me seriously. My name's Greasy Thumb. That's disgusting. Did he just suck his thumb or something? I'm imagining it's like he had a slippery thumb, like he was quick to like pull a trigger or something like slippery finger. I don't know what a greasy thumb has to do with anything. Oh, like, maybe like, like, like counting the money. Oh, like how you like count through. Like, so he would one, like two, three, four, drop four. it all the time because he couldn't. Oh, keep hold of it. It would sure. just like fall out of his hands. Sure, I was thinking more like he was just counting the stacks of hundreds. That's probably more accurate. Um, but anyway, so greasy thumb. Sure. He the biggest piece of evidence that they have of Capone being connected to the Saint Valentine's Day massacre is that Greasy Thumb called Al Capone from the lobby of the Congress Plaza mm. Hotel minutes before and minutes after the shooting. Aha. Uh-huh. So they called like, his house in Florida, right, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh wow, that's crazy. Um, so a lot of stuff, and it wasn't just Al Capone's gang, but a lot of gangs were involved in that hotel. In fact, a lot of, um, Al Capone's associates and close friends actually lived in this hotel from the twenties to the thirties. So for like 10 years, they were like almost marking it as their, like their gang territory. Yeah. And a lot of gangsters lived there. So it's very common for people to report ghosts of people that look like they're from the twenties. And they're, like, making some sort of shady agreement. That's so creepy. Or, like, people will be looking around corners. Or, like, people will see, like, a spirit looking around corners. And when you look to see what they're looking at and you look back at them, they're already gone. I know I said this last time, but can you imagine a guy in, like, 20s clothes with a gun just, like, coming toward you in the hallway? That would be terrifying. Gross. Gross. I don't want that. Nope. Um, Also, people have seen full-body apparitions of Al Capone himself as well as Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy's just there. He's just hanging out. He's just checking in. Get it? He's just checking in. Checking in. Like a hotel. But not checking out. Nope. (laughs) This Um, is called the Hotel California. Apparently, Teddy Roosevelt made his announcement in this hotel that he was leaving the Republican Party. Oh. So so I think maybe he has some connection. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out 
a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Um, here's where it gets real good. Oh, boy. A peg-legged man. <laughs> Wait, sorry, I'm not laughing about his peg leg. I'm laughing about just this... De- like, what's coming? This derailed so hard last time we had this conversation. It did. Go on. Um, we're going to try to keep it real kosher this time. Let's do it. A peg-legged man has been seen all over this hotel. He's the most reported, and he's also, like, the the most well-traveled. Like, most people see a certain ghost in a certain room, right. another ghost in another room. But this guy, people just see this peg-legged man everywhere. Yikes. He's been given the nickname Peg-Legged Johnny. Oh, and a lot of people think that he could be one of three people. I mean, everyone seemed to have a peg leg back then. I mean, there were at least three that's, to go off of. That could possibly be in this one hotel. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. So uh, the ghost of the peg leg Johnny could be either the peg leg guy who had a heart attack eating breakfast. Right. Safety first. Safety first. Um, it could also be the homeless man that died in the alleyway. Sad. He got murdered in the alleyway, but he also had a peg leg. Okay. Or there are rumors that one of my long lost ancestors. Um, oh, I forgot about this. <laughs> could have been the ghost because here's the thing. <laughs> Back in the early 1900s, there was a murderer afoot. A foot. foot. Only one foot. Because he was pegged. And his name (laughs) was Conway, the one legged killer clown of 1912. Guys. So, why Christine hasn't done a story on him, I do not know. Because listen to his name. That's horrifying. (laughs) So, everyone thinks it's either Breakfast Guy, Homeless Man, or Conway, the one legged killer clown of 1912. 1912 was a war. 1912 was the clown. The war, the that's, year of the clown. That's how you remember. Right, yes. There's one, there's a war in the clown and... It's like the Chinese menus that they give you with, like, your, your animal year. Right. 1912, the year of the clown. Um, it's so, the year of the dog, by the way. Is it? As of Friday. Chinese New Year is on Friday. Oh, wow. And it's year of the dog for Gio. Baby G, so sweet. Um, which, you're, which one are you? I'm a monkey. I am a sheep or goat. I forget if it's a goat or a sheep. Oh, I'm the monkey. Through and through. Blaze's snake. 
typical Slytherin. He is. He is a little Slytherin. Slytherin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, let's talk about Conway real quick. Okay. Apparently, and he was a. I didn't want to read too much about it because I didn't. If you do ever decide to, yeah, I'm going do that to story. for sure. This is amazing. Apparently, he was a killer clown, and he escaped prison in 1925 and was never found. Oh God. But the site of the murder that he committed was only like right up the road from the Congress Plaza Holy Hotel. Holy shit. So people think when he escaped, maybe he went back to the murder site and like stayed near the hotel or in the hotel. Oh, God. Wait, so how come he's... What if he died eating breakfast? People think maybe that was him. No or, way. Or maybe he was the homeless man that got murdered. Oh, my God. So what if they're all the same person? What if they're all the same person? I mean, I don't know how Except that... they died twice. Except... As a homeless man. What if there were one two time. identical twins? Oh, don't do that to me right now. Okay. Twin killer clowns. Who both happen to have peg legs. Gemini clowns. Mm-hmm. So um, a shadow like... Oh, here's... Okay. So anyway, that's the end of that. People see a peg leg guy and they don't know who it is. <laughs> here's the next ghost. Close the chapter. Close that book. <laughs> On to another. Um, this is just a list now of all of the ghosts. This one, I remember being really freaked out. This is why I thought my bed moved. Yep. And instead it was just of an earthquake. earthquake. <laughs> I can't wait to tell Allison that. Oh, I'm so annoyed. Um, so anyway, a here's here's all the ghosts, guys, besides Pegleg Johnny. Who could be Pegleg Conway, by the way? Or Pegleg Breakfast Pepe, Eater. Yeah. <sighs> Excuse me. I God bored myself, it, apparently. <laughs> These are the things Christine likes to edit out, but... I like to a lot. I really enjoy it. <laughs> I think it's your favorite part. That's why we started a podcast. You could edit out my own. I just want you to make lots of bodily noises for me to edit. I don't know how to control that. Um, okay. Brrr. A shadow-like figure mm-hmm. has been seen standing by beds. No. When you wake up in the middle of the night before it dissolves away. Mm-mm. In room 441, mm-hmm. there is a ghostly woman who shakes the bed Ugh. inside the room in the middle of the night to wake you up, and then she's gone. That's what I thought was happening in my room. Oh, she showed up from room 441. Oh, God. Um, visitors claim to be kicked away by a shadow woman in the middle of their sleep. Kicked away? Like kicked out of their beds. Like oh. kicked awake. Oh, kicked awake. Um, objects move, they hear eerie noises, and it's the room that most people leave in the middle of the night to go to another hotel. <laughs> Why are you staying there? <laughs> in room 474, the television channels and volume change constantly on their own. Ugh. In room 759, the door is allegedly pulled shut from the inside when guests try to enter their room, as if they don't want anyone <gasps> coming in. In room 905, the phone in this room doesn't actually work, and yet if you ever pick it up, you can hear static running through it. Oh. There is also several reports through this hallway of paranormal activities, such as a little boy around 10 years old seen running up and down the hallways oh. in knee-high britches and button-up boots. I bet he's so cute. And the elevator on the fifth floor of the South Tower, people report hearing moaning. Oh, God. I wonder why. Awful. Oh, I forgot. We also added sound effects today. <laughs> um, many people have felt like they were being chased down the hall. Oh, God. Um, even when they're just staying there, they feel like someone's running at them. That's and awful. They also hear a little boy laughing. Mm. That's pretty fucking creepy, too. Um, here's the thing that really freaks me out the most about this. A lot of people have reported shadow people coming out of a closet 
and approaching their bed. Uh, Sometimes they just kind of float out. Oh, my God. Sometimes they, quote, slither out. And other times they will army crawl and stop motion choppy movements. No, that's a fucking demon. Yes. No, I don't like that. The thing for me is I wonder, like, at what speed they're going. Because if it's stop motion choppy movements, but, like, a little too fast. Oh, my God. That's some, like, it the clown shit. You can hardly process what's happening. That's Pennywise. Fuck. So, um, okay, so there's that. Yikes. Then there's Drywall Dave, who we know and love. Love that guy. Um, Drywall Dave is the guy that supposedly was the construction worker that got stuck in the building. Sad. In 1905-ish. Um, people have reported seeing a hand emerging from the wall from where he was allegedly buried mm-hmm. as if he looks like he's trying to escape. Aww. However, this is the one story that employees, either former or current, have all said is not true. It's just a rumor that went a little too wild. And um, they even say that the wall that he would have been buried behind isn't nearly thick enough to trap a person. If he really needed to, he could have kicked his way through or people would have heard him screaming. And also that area of the hotel is not typically available to the public. Even the employees themselves only ever go through there a couple, like a handful of times. Oh, okay. So it's not like people, if people are seeing this, it's because they're in the wrong place and they shouldn't be seeing it anyway. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, all employees do say that's the only one that has no, like, like source. backing, yeah. Yeah. There's also the gold room, which has been known to, by staff, all employees have said that they... It's always, always unlocked. No matter how many times you lock it, no matter what type of lock they put on it, they can try and deadbolt it and it'll still be unlocked when they come back. crazy. Strangely enough, the photographs, um, if you ever take a picture in front of the grand piano, um, if you take a photograph in front of it, usually one or more people will be missing from the photo. That is wild. So like if you and I took a picture together, I wouldn't be in it. Or I wouldn't be in it. Or you would. Why do you get to be the one who disappears? Sometimes I want to. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my. Oh, I got dark. I'm <laughs> it's kidding. This fucking hotel. It's it's the earthquake, guys. Um, also in this gold room, appliances are often like disconnected, turned off, like put basically in the middle of the room and they Ooh. will turn on by themselves. Ew. So like a toaster in the middle of the room or something? Yeah. Like everything is unplugged when it's not being used and that room hasn't been used in a long time. And yet all the appliances will turn on all by themselves. And then the, across the, is the gold room where all the doors are being unlocked. Oh, okay. There's also the Florentine room where people will hear women whispering, men humming, piano music, organ music, wooden wheels rolling on a wooden floor, <laughs> gunshots, screaming, oh. etc. But upon inspection, it is always empty. I, Nothing is in there. No one is in there. That really escalated. In this room, this is also the room where Teddy Roosevelt said he was leaving the Republican oh. Party. So, and um, where he liked to roll his little wooden horse around. Apparently so. Apparently he was like, hmm, wood and wood. Maybe people would use like that hoop game. Oh, we talk about that. The stick, hoop and stick. Hoop and stick on a wooden floor. I mean, it has a very distinct sound. It certainly As does. I know very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 12th floor, the 12th and 4th floors are supposedly the most haunted floors, but the 12th one, like, holds the torch just by a hair. Okay. Um, in hallways, people experience feeling paranoid, panic, dread, doom, and the, sensa- the sensation that they are being watched or chased. Mm-hmm. Yay. Fun. A six-year-old boy is often spotted there, which is sad because that's oh. the floor that a six-year-old boy was thrown out of the window. Oh, no. 
This floor is considered to be the most haunted, and many rooms are sealed off and are literally wallpapered over. So that can, is so fucking creepy. You can literally see, like, the the lines of a door behind the wallpaper. Like, do, 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 do. Yep. like, never mind, nothing to see here. We'll see past this ugly floral pattern. The staff has said out loud that they have closed those parts of the hotel because they were literally, quote, too horrible. <gasps> What? It has, quote, an unsettling number of rooms, which are permanently closed off from the public due to paranormal activity. And the sealed doors don't even have doorknobs anymore. People will go up and knock on the imprints of the door, like that you can see through the <gasps> wallpaper. They'll knock on them to see if they, if anything happens. And they can hear hollowness, like there's a room behind it. Oh. Um, if you try to piss off the ghosts on this floor, you will literally hear someone moving around in the room that is wallpapered over. And also you're an asshole, so don't do that. Um, also a few of the doors that have not been wallpapered over, but are still sealed shut have padlocks and chains over them. Oh God. Can you imagine the Yelp review? (laughs) (laughs) Like, look, it was all great until I saw a couple chains. I can see it now. Um, so yeah, it's nice and spooky. That's fucking creepy as hell. Um, a hotel security have also seen the shadow people and think that they're lost guests. So they'll try to like follow them and help them. And then when they turn the corner, they're they're gone. Oh no. Um, the hotel is now much more strict about paranormal groups, letting, like letting the groups go past the lobby. Like they won't even let them go past the lobby. They used to let them into their rooms and on the 12th floor and like do whatever they wanted. And it's apparently gotten so bad that now they're like. You can sit in the lobby and we can tell you stories, but you can't wow. go past that far. I mean, it's nice they at least let people in to That's true. talk about it. There is one room. I'm assuming this is the exorcism room. Oh, sure. One can only guess. Sure. But staff members refuse to name which room it is, just like the exorcism it's like room. It's playing hard to get. Um, but they have had multiple reports from multiple different guests that the photos hanging on the walls will rotate 360 degrees. (gasps) Oh no, that is exorcism shit. Mothers that stay on the 12th floor feel compelled to look over the 12th floor railing. Oh, don't. And think about jumping. No, don't, don't, don't. Just like the mother that threw her kids. Don't stay there. Um, I have a quote of someone who stayed there. Okay. Um, a little story. Um, I turned off the TV, plugged in a portable fan in the bathroom for background noise and laid down to go to sleep. Just as I started to drift off to sleep, I heard a crash from the bathroom. I went in to see what it was. My fan, which I had plugged in and sat in the middle of a countertop, was unplugged and in the shower. Oh, standing upright. At one point, I saw the cord to the lamp next to me swaying back and forth on its own. The closet door kept opening even when I shut it firmly. And worst of all, there were many, many voices. I heard voices on either side of the room muffled and low enough that I couldn't hear the words, but definitely knew they were voices. It could have been other guests, but I guess I just don't usually hear a lot of people up and chatting at 3 a.m. And that's weird for me for the fan, like the fan that would, because I mean, like a lot of fans will like vibrate and like shake and fall off yeah. the countertop. But this one was unplugged and put on the other side of the bathroom. And moved standing upright into the bathtub. Yeah. Ugh. But still also made a crashing sound. I was wondering about that. Weird. Maybe it just wanted his attention, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Yuck. That's the worst part when it wants your attention. Like if it's just fucking around because it's bored, that's one thing. You can thing, ignore it. But it wants you to know. Gross. So, um... Here's the thing. Tell me the thing. Here's the last thing I'm going to do. Go for it. And I would appreciate. (gasps) Oh, no. Should we just insert that whole thing? Yeah. Oh, you guys, this was something we cannot recreate. 
I would appreciate if you could just put the whole clip of this experience. I will. So there is a room called, uh, in this hotel called room 209. And it had a viral video a couple years ago where a woman stayed in another room of the hotel and called the front desk because she heard a female scream in the room 209. Heard her constantly screaming. Yeah. Which was um, the room next to hers or something. Right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. She called security or she called the front desk. They called security. The security went. And there is security footage of yeah. what happened. You can only see the hallway and you can only see the security like go into the room. But you never see the room yourself. Somehow that makes it creepier. Um, It's just very worth seeing. So I would just type in room 209 like poltergeist haunting or... Security. Room 209 security footage ghost. Like, just put, like, something well, we paranormal. to it, too, if you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put a link, link to it. Because but... I don't really know what I typed in. It was just a series of, like, words I knew Google <laughs> would pick up on. But um, it's I, I played it for Christine, and she oh. freaked out a little bit. No wonder I was scared that night. It's really good, and it's really juicy. It's really creepy. But um, basically, that is the creepiest part of this, and that is the end of my story. Okay, I'm going to insert that here. Oh my god. 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 What the fuck, And Yep. So, if anyone else has seen it... Yeah. <laughs> um, that made me so uncomfortable. So... That's some exorcist shit. I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but I do I do feel like it's my job to tell you what we just saw. Okay, um, so if you don't if you want to watch it by yourself, just skip the next couple just skip the next press the little fast forward thing a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Um so he a security guard walked in there, you can definitely hear the screaming, even on the footage you can hear someone screaming in the hotel. But so the camera is like is like CCTV, like the floor security camera. Yeah. So you see him the security guy at the door. Yeah. And you can hear, like, the radio footage of him talking to security. And basically, he decides to go into the room to try and see where the screaming is or what's going on. Once he's in there, nobody is in the room. There's no one that should be screaming in there. However, all the furniture has been turned upside down. The carpet was ripped up and the shower was on. And he immediately ran and left and called the police. I think what's spooky about it is that he goes in and you're like, what's going on? What's going on? You don't see any of this stuff. But then he kind of, like... Backs out, backs out of the room, the fuck out. and then the guy in the security is like, "Okay, uh, he wants you. Brian wants you to call the police. Um, he says no one's in there, but all the furniture's been turned upside down." And the guy is like, clearly spooked the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, he's clearly terrified. Oh my god, that really freaked me out. <laughs> well, good. That's the that's the end of my story. There's something about him like backing out of that room, like it's seeing someone's true parent. It's a reaction. Yeah, you never get to see any paranormal stuff on footage. And especially never to see anyone's reaction to paranormal stuff on Twitter. Especially footage. like a security guy. A poor poor guy who was like probably working graveyard shift and thought that nothing was going to happen. And then all of a sudden he has to go into this room and all the furniture is sitting upside down waiting for him and the shower is turned on. Yes, you can hear screaming. It's like you can straight really up hear a girl screaming. screaming. It's really loud. I have full goosebumps Me right too. Now. I don't like it at all and I'm mad that you didn't let me close the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> Sorry. I have those goosebumps where they're like, they're so raised, they're itchy. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to scratch myself to calm myself down. Oh, wait, my gravity blanket. Like, Yay. Wait, why did you get one? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why everyone was so nice to me. I don't deserve it. Everyone loves you because you're great. Okay. Is everyone did nice you, and freaked out? Are you scared? Did I watch? Did you watch it? Ugh. Gross. Gross. Anyway, I, that was beautiful. Um, while I have the floor right now. Go for it. 
Um, I would like to have a guest on the show. Huh? Who? Deirdre. What? Because Deirdre was wondering if she could tell you about how haunted her house is. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah. We get a surprise ghost story in here? You down? Hell yes. Okay. How do we do it? I'm just going to call her on speakerphone. Oh, okay. Hello. Hello. Uh, do you? Can you talk real quick for the podcast? Oh, yeah. Okay, hang on. Is We're it ready. Are we recording? Yep. Okay. Oh, hey. Uh, hey, girl. <laughs> okay, so Deirdre is on the line, and I recently told my story about... Um, the butt, the groping ghost. The Yeah, the the ghost that groped me at Deirdre's house. And then Deirdre's like, oh, yeah, I have more stories from no. that house. Okay. So, Deirdre, yeah. take it away. Um. Okay, so first I wanted to say that you thought I was grabbing your ass. You thought, like, my hand was literally, like, on your ass <laughs> the whole time. Yes. And so you, like, the way you found out it wasn't me was because you like literally turned and looked with your flashlight and you're like you're holding my ass right now and there's nothing there <laughs> no. yes that's um, exactly what happened i was like there's nothing there okay so i forget yeah, i don't know why i didn't tell you this but um i've had a couple of ghostly experiences and one of them is like very like very benign and the other one was terrifying oh tell me so I think there might be different ghosts. So I think that one. Great. I think that one's like the mischievous one who I think he's just, he likes to play he's jokes on pervert. Because I was in the shower one time. Oh, and I God. Dropped, I know, I know. I like left, and I think it's because I left the door to the bathroom open, like into my room. I swear to God. So like the ghost could go. It's so stupid. But like I shut the door every time now. Because I. <laughs> I dropped my razor in the shower and I was just being lazy. So I like was just, I just forgot about it for a couple minutes. And then I went down to like grab it and it was gone. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, where's the razor guy? So I was like, looking around the tub and I like pulled back the curtain and it was like sitting on the opposite side of the bathroom. No. Like, I swear to God. Oh my like, God. I out of the tub to move it. So I know I didn't fucking move what? it. What? Oh my God. That's so <laughs> wild very creepy it's just like I don't, I don't know and so now you close the door as if he won't like just walk through yeah. the door he's like oh shucks i can't get in <laughs> and you take some kind of precaution <laughs> what's the ter- oh. what's the traumatizing one scary one luckily like it didn't happen directly to me but it involves me so um i'm the only girl in a house of five guys and the guy who lives below me is Joe. And so one night I like passed out pretty early and I usually go to sleep like after midnight and Joe was down in his room and he says that he heard a woman like loudly scream, oh my God. <gasps> like he was convinced it was me. Like he said it was my voice. So he, and this was at like three in the morning. So he came upstairs and like opened my door and like looked in at me and I was like completely peaceful. <laughs> That's so creepy. And it was like a blood curdling like scream. What? Oh uh, no. That was, I, I was scary when I woke up in the morning. I was like, thank God he didn't wake me up and tell me that. <laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well, did you ever do any like research on the house or anything? I've tried to. I know that it's it was built in the 
1930s. And the other thing is, I should have showed you while you're here. Um, my roommate upstairs has this really creepy room that has a secret. It has like a hidden room. No. In yeah. So if you go through his closet, there's like this little door and you open it and then you go in and it's like this tiny little attic room. Oh, window. God. With a window? It has like a window. Yeah. And, oh, God. Yeah. Old window in there. Oh, well. Yeah. I don't know. so creepy. I, I don't feel like not safe, but. It's still creepy. I would feel unsafe. I mean, I guess I didn't when I got, you know, my Polter groped. When I got my ass grabbed. Your ass. Like I didn't you weren't scared though, were you? I it was one of those like we both kind of laughed cuz there was nothing else we could do. <laughs> no, there's nothing that we could do. But I remember I looked at you and I was like, "What the fuck were you doing?" And you were like, "I'm literally all the way over <laughs> here." Like, I really didn't do anything. Well, I could I've done anything. Oh, God. <laughs> While we have you, are there any, like, stories you want to tell about um, your house growing up? Um, yeah. Oh, I I meant to give the shout-out before. So my good friend, Kara Safos, who you know, too, mm-hmm. um, her house is, like, extremely haunted and terrifying. And she, like, she's had, she's been, like, locked out of her house before. She, like, goes out, like, the back door onto her patio or the backyard and, like, gets locked out. And she, like, has heard cannons going off. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. It's really wild. And I've, like, heard, she says she hears it pretty, like, frequently. And I've heard it, I think, one time. Um, I've had just, like, all kinds of really creepy nightmares. And I, like... I used to sleepwalk a lot in that house, or uh, I think, because I would wake up in, with, like, all the lights on, and I'd be in different places. Oh, no. Oh, God. Creepy dreams. Like, I had this one dream where I thought it was real because everything was, like, the same, and I was laying in bed, and there was somebody at my door, and I could hear it, like, but I couldn't move. I was, like, frozen. And then they opened my door, came around to my bed, and I just felt, like, the most evil presence. And it was standing, like, right next to me, went down to touch me. Oh, no. And then I up, and I, like, I slept with my mom that night. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. It's, there's some creepy, like, spots. You know, too, Em. Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot of weird shit in your house. I mean, there was, there's one room in Deirdre's house that whenever I slept there, I only slept in that one room because it was the only room I felt safe in. Yeah. Em will only sleep in the sunroom. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty creepy house. Yikes. Well, I remember uh, Deirdre used to sing, uh, like, used to sing throughout the house, and you had to turn out all the lights so that, like, the, the spirits couldn't get you. That's my, oh, yeah, and my mom. Okay, my mom's room, there's something definitely weird about that. Like, oh. she's been in there before, and she's had things thrown at her. <gasps> yeah, she's had things thrown at her, and she recently just sent me a video of my cat, like, I swear to God, playing with a ghost. And I sent it to you, Emma. I don't know if you watched it. But you can see the orbs and shit. I swear it's it's got to be. I think it's my cat princess, but I don't know. What the fuck? You have to see it. It's very creepy. Weird. Uh, sage that like shit. Freezing in the room. Well, all right. Thank you. We oh, thanks, Deirdre. Um, we will. I'll call you back afterwards. Okay. Okay. Thank you. You're Bye. We miss you. I miss you guys too. I have to come back and visit. Please do. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.
Whoa. Anyway, that... I've been trying to get Deirdre on the show for a couple episodes and we keep missing each other, but... That was... Because see, it's good that I was sober and fucked shit up, right? <laughs> do you forgive me yet? Oh, yeah. No, I do. And she's been wanting to tell me her stories anyway, so I was like, don't tell me until the show. Don't tell me until we're recording. I want to so. see this cat video. I, she did not send it to me. She's lying through her teeth. So oh, we'll have wow. to... What a What a liar. I know. All anyway, right. guys, you gotta... If you want to go Oof. listen to Deirdre's personal stories and some of my childhood and... um her personal story that she wrote for the episode that she put together. Yes. Um, I think it was episode 19 that Deirdre was in. So perfect. Go it was a it good, out. it was a really good, I, people really liked that one. Good. So, All right. I wanted to put that in before we switched gears from paranormal to true crime. So yes, please go check that out. Okay. So let's go to true crime. That's me, baby. Yay. <clears throat> How you doing? I have a wedgie. Oh, yay. I'm sorry, it's empty. Do you okay. want another LaCroix? No, I'm good. I okay. just want to hear your story. This is the story of Ward Weaver III. Ooh. We received the suggestion in an email from Andrea and Aaron. Yay, Andrea and Aaron. Thank you, guys, because I did not know about it. So mine's kind of similar to yours in that it's um, like a timeline of just awful shit happening. Love it. So I'm just going to go straight into it. Excuse me. So this guy, this mofo... Mm-hmm. Ward Weaver. He was born on April 6, 1963, in Humboldt County, California. Um, in 1967, when he was four, his father abandoned the family, and a few years later, his mom married a guy named Bob Boudreaux, who was an abusive alcoholic, and they all relocated to Portland, Oregon. Love it. Not Maine, I know. Not to be confused with Portland, Maine. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, we hear you guys, we want to go to both. Yes. His stepfather would beat him relentlessly and was an extremely heavy drinker. Um, sometimes his mom would literally make a bed in the backseat for the kids and drive around town looking for her husband at all the bars. It's just really, so sad. really sad. And the kids said they would be really happy when they didn't find him because it meant, he was abusive, right? Yeah, they meant Jeez. that he didn't have to come home with them. Um, at age four, uh, Ward fell out of the, the second story window of their house um, to calm him down, his stepdad gave him a dollar, and then a short time later, his mother caught him trying to jump out the window again because he wanted another dollar. Exactly the kind of entrepreneur I'd probably be at four too. The entrepreneur we all need. But <laughs> it's also, like, look, do or die. You got to hustle, right? But also the head injury that probably creates a serial killer. So oh, whoops. we'll see. Um, as a teenager, Ward began to exhibit antisocial behavior. Fun. His sister, Tammy, (laughs) later said he physically and sexually abused at least one family member by the time he was 12 years old. Jesus. Um, His half-brother, Robert, said Ward frequently beat him. He would stand him up against a tree, wrap a dog chain around him as if he were about to be burned at the stake. Oh, my God. And then he would face his little brother's nose inches from the neighbor's fence, howling with laughter as the neighbor's dogs leapt against the fence Jaws snapping just inches from his face. Jesus Christ. Um, Ward, who was much larger than his brother Robert, would often beat him. And Robert said he invented a technique to withstand the pain where he would take a deep breath and hold it for as long as he could, which was usually several minutes. And he would get delirious from no Mm. oxygen, which helped him to distract from the the beating. Jesus. That's so sad. So sad. And uh, Tammy, his younger sister, said it took months I mean, not months, I'm sorry. It took years of therapy to even recover from all of this torture. Yeah, um, I'd imagine that's like lifelong, lifelong therapy. Lifelong, yeah. I, would Im- I can't even imagine. 
She said he would shoot her in the back with a BB gun. Um, and then in 1981, when Ward was 18, a teenage relative of his reported that he had repeatedly raped and beaten her. Fuck. So police um, did... Prosecutors decided not to pursue charges because Weaver had enlisted in the armed services and would be leaving Portland soon. So they just let it go. Yeah. Great move. Of course. Soon after that, Ward graduated from high school, joined the U.S. Navy Reserve, but he was discharged after only a year for heavy drinking and dereliction of duty. Um, But while he was in the Navy, he met his future wife, 19-year-old Maria Stout, who was a woman from the Philippines. They moved in with Ward's parents, and she quickly became pregnant. Oh, moment of silence. Yep. Moment of silence for Maria. Sorry, Maria. Five months into the pregnancy, Ward, who was also 19, slapped her, pulled her hair, and banged her head against the bed, Mm. sending her to the hospital. Fuck. Ward was arrested, but she refused to press charges. And their son, Francis, was born in December of 1982. I wonder how that kid's going to turn out. Yeah, we'll find out. So he and uh, Maria married in 1984 and relocated to Bakersfield, California. And he later explained that part of the reason he wanted to move there was to reconnect with his own father who had abandoned the family at age when he was four. Okay. Um, and it turns out that his father was actually at the time on trial for capital murder. Oh, great. So we got two generations of murder. Yeah, so far. It, oh. ter- <laughs> it turns out that in 1981, his father had picked up an 18-year-old Air Force recruit, Robert Radford, and his 23-year-old girlfriend, Par- Barbara Lavoie, near the Mojave Desert after their car broke down. He beat the man to death with a piece of pipe. Fuck. Took the woman on the road with him, raping her repeatedly. Then, when she struggled and bit his thumb, he strangled her with a diaper. Fuck. It's just so... Oh, my God. It's so bad. He buried the woman beneath a concrete slab behind his house um, in Oroville, California, and for help, he enlisted his 10-year-old son to dig the hole. Oh, no. He told his son they were looking for a broken sewer pipe, but when his son went to school, he covered the body with concrete and dirt and built a wooden deck over her grave. Jesus. He was caught pretty soon after that, and a jury deliberated only 42 minutes before declaring him sane enough to stand trial. Uh, He was sentenced to death by gas chamber. Oh, wow. Remember that whole thing? I do. Tell me all about gas chambers. Gotta tell you about gas chambers. I want to know. I want to know. So this is information I got from deathpenaltycurriculum.org, and I explained in our last recording that I just was like, wait, what death chamber, or death chamber, gas chamber, and I went on a... difference. So what, oh yeah, exactly. So I went on a little research spree, um, and it's very fascinating. So apparently in 1924, the use of cyanide gas was introduced because Nevada was seeking a more humane way of executing its inmates. The first person to be executed by lethal gas was named G. John... And the state tried to pump cyanide into his cell while he slept, but it proved impossible because the gas leaked from his cell, which led them to construct what is now known as the gas chamber. Yay. So today, five states actually authorize lethal gas as a method of execution, but they all have injection as an alternative method. Um, So I guess that means you get to decide? Yeah, you get to pick. Okay. Um, A federal court in California found this method to be cruel and unusual punishment, and the last use of the gas chamber was on March 3rd, 1999, when Walter Legrand, a German national, was executed in Arizona. So what they do to uh, execute someone is they strap them into a chair in an airtight chamber. Below the chair rests a pail of sulfuric acid, 
A long stethoscope is affixed to the inmate so the doctor outside the chamber knows when to pronounce death. Which is so weird. Let's let's stop there real quick. Yes. Literally the other day, I was hanging out with Mr. Christine, a.k.a. Blaze. And <laughs> he was telling me all about this new Bluetooth stethoscope. <laughs> he loves his Bluetooth stethoscope. And he was talking about how you can like hear harpies from afar and shit. Do they use that for these? Or, no, like, it says how it's a they... long stethoscope. So it's like a... Okay, so I it's think like they a... literally attach it, affix it to the person, and then it like trails out to the doctor. Oh, I was thinking for a second it was like a Dixie cup string, Dixie cup kind of thing <laughs> for a stethoscope. I mean, honestly, well, in these days they would have a Bluetooth stethoscope, Probably. according to Blaze. So Blaze would know. Anyway, um, this is really sad. They instruct the prisoner. Oh wait, hold on. Okay, so right, so they have the long stethoscope. Once everyone has left the chamber, the room is sealed. The warden gives a signal to the executioner, who flicks a lever that releases crystals of sodium cyanide into the pail, which causes a chemical reaction that releases hydro- hydrogen, cyanide, blah, 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 hydrogen cyanide gas. Then, this is fucked up, the prisoner is instructed to breathe deeply to speed up the process of death, Ugh. but obviously most prisoners try to hold their breath. It's instinct yeah what are you gonna do and some struggle against it um the i I would imagine all of them struggle against it jesus the inmate does not lose consciousness immediately according to former san quentin california penitentiary warden clifton duffy quote at first there's evidence of extreme horror pain and strangling the eyes pop the skin turns purple and the victim begins to drool jesus just really sad um a man named carol chessman died in california's gas chamber in 1960 um, but before he was executed, he told reporters that he would nod his head if it hurt. Witnesses said he nodded his head for several minutes before passing away. Jesus. Um, yeah. So it's just really fucked up. Um, and then afterward, what they do is an exhaust fan sucks the poison air out of the chamber. The corpse is sprayed with ammonia to neutralize any traces of cyanide. And about half an hour later, order- orderlies enter the chamber wearing gas masks and rubber gloves and are trained to ruffle the victim's hair to release any trapped cyanide gas before removing the corpse. Ugh. Is that not just so twisted? Any chance the cyanide is Epsom salt? <laughs> it's, it's actually they bathe in Epsom salt. Right. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. So he had, so his dad, so Ward's dad was sentenced to death by a gas chamber. Jesus. And that's how he died. So on June 15th, 1986, when Ward was 23, um, he had had a fight with Maria, his wife, um, and then he'd gone out and consumed six beers, six vodka screwdrivers, a little marijuana, and a gram of powdered speed. Yay. Yeah. Um, and he, the teenage daughters of one of his friends actually found him outside a bowling alley and he asked for a ride. So they were driving him home. They knew him pretty well as family friends. Uh, he said he had to pee. So the girls pulled over the van. Um, he got out of the car then opened the passenger door and hit the 15 year old sister jennifer in the head with a block of concrete fuck then he grabbed her 16 year old sister who was driving the car in a headlock pulled her to the floor and started choking her um he was sentenced to three years in prison and the girl who the 16 year old girl said it was like a different person had possessed his body and he was just like crazy losing it and like didn't listen to anything and she's like we know you were like you're our friend and oh my god so once he got out of prison he and maria relocated to canby oregon where they began operating a gift shop together 
which sounds very quaint. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Um, they gave birth to their fourth child because Ugh. they had other ones. A whole fucking litter. Jesus. <laughs> Her name was Mallory and uh, with an I. Okay. In 19- with a heart. With a heart over the eye. Yep. And maybe some glitter. <laughs> in 1989. In 1993, uh, Maria filed a restraining order against him. They got divorced. He quickly found a new girlfriend who was fresh out of high school, 18-year-old Christy Sloan. Um, and a mutual friend had actually set them up on a date, which, like... Good fucking friend. That's not a friend. That's that, not a friend. That's someone who wants you to lead a miserable life. That's a fucking enemy. That's someone looking for revenge for something you did. Yeah, for sure. So this friend sets them up um, at a showing of Jurassic Park, and they got together. Uh, he grew really controlling with her. He forbid her from cutting her hair or even leaving the house alone. Um, one night, he beat her with a cast iron skillet. Fuck. And he was jailed for that, but Christy told a prosecutor she was too scared to testify against him, so the charges were dropped. Oh. It's just so sad. And then in, by October, they were back together. By February, they were married. In 1999, Ward and Maria's son, Francis, who was now 17 and was living with his half-brother, his father's half-brother in Idaho, shot a rifle into a truckload of teenagers and injured his best friend who was in the car. So no one was killed, but he shot his best friend and served several weeks in juvie. And he did that on purpose. Yeah. He intentionally shot at a group of people, including his best friend. Inside a car, yes. Fuck. I mean, it's lucky no one died. In August 1997, Ward, who was still married to Christy, began an affair with a woman he met at work, um, and they eventually moved into his rental house in Oregon City. His 12-year-old daughter, Mallory, began, uh, became... With the eye. With the eye. Mallory with the eye heart. Became friends with two girls named Ashley Marie Pond and Miranda Diane Gaddis. So they were all students at Gardner Middle School together. We're all 12 years old and we're all also in the same dance class. So they became really close, had sleepovers together, all that good stuff. In August of 2001, Ashley, who was 12 at the time, accused Ward, so her friend's dad, of attempting to rape her at his home <gasps> while she was over for a sleepover. No. Police did not investigate the charges. Why? Because the world sucks. I have no idea. On the morning of January 9th, 2002, uh, so a couple months later, Ashley Pond left her home at the Newell Creek Village Apartments to walk to the nearby bus stop on her way to school, but she never arrived. Everyone began searching for her, including Miranda, uh, the dance team that both of them were members of organized a fundraiser to help in the search for Ashley, and that fundraiser was scheduled for March 23rd, 2002. On the morning of March 8th, 2002, Miranda, the other friend, vanished. Oh, no. This is when the FBI got involved and started a task force to search for the girls. Um, after both girls had vanished, our pal Ward told his son that he needed help digging a hole outside. No. For the hot tub that he was installing. So they dug a hole in the backyard and covered it with concrete. Which, think about the parallel between that and his father. Both needing someone to help dig holes. Which he, asking their son to help dig a hole out back. And Weird. also, he didn't know that about his dad. So yeah. it was like completely, it's just creepy. Coincidental. Yeah. So when Ward became a suspect, he was interviewed by several local news outlets 
Uh, in an interview with the Oregonian, he stood on top of the concrete slab and explained to reporters, I'm putting in a jacuzzi. The last time I checked, that wasn't against the law. Uh, so everything fell apart on August 13, 2002, when Ward raped his son's 19-year-old girlfriend. Okay. Throttling her neck as she tried to resist. Fuck. Okay. That's horrible. That's just, oh my God. Ward's son, Francis himself, called 911, and while talking to the dispatcher, said that his father had killed Ashley and Miranda. So finally, investigators had a warrant, had a reason to search the property. So they found Miranda's remains in a shed in the backyard, and they found Ashley's body underneath the concrete that he had recently poured. Jesus. On October 2nd, 2002, Weaver was indicted. And last time I read every charge he was indicted on, but it's, let's just say it's a lot. Uh, Six counts of aggravated murder, abuse of a corpse, sexual abuse, um, attempted rape, sexual abuse in the first degree, sexual abuse in the second and third degree. Um, and so to avoid the death penalty, Ward decided to plead guilty to murdering his daughter's friends. He received two life sentences without parole for the deaths of Ashley Pond and Miranda Gaddis. And I know I said this last time, but can you imagine being poor Mallory and just... I know, like your dad killed both, killed and probably raped yes. both of your... Oh, and definitely raped one of them, right? Yeah. Oh, your two best friends. Like, you literally have friends over 12 years old for sleepover. I mean, that's so tragic for her, too. So she was obviously taken out of his custody, obviously. Yeah, and, right. Um, don't know what's how she is today, but that's probably for the best. Hope she can live somewhat of Lifelong a therapy. Good life. Okay, Miranda's sister, one of the girls who was killed, her sister, her older sister, later found out how... Ward had abducted her. Um, he actually gave her an explanation from prison. So what he did, he saw her walking up the hill to the school bus and thought she had seen something shady he was in the middle of doing. So he panicked and told her that her friend Ashley was inside and really wanted to go home. He told her she was scared and that Miranda needed to come help her. So she went with him into his house. And he also told her that he, he told Miranda's sister that he killed Ashley because he was afraid he'd get arrested for raping her fucking asshole wow and if that's not enough in march of 2016 francis weaver the son himself was sentenced to life in prison for murdering a man making francis part of three generations of murder jesus grandfather father do we know if francis ever had any kids like could that be like i don't know actually i don't not that i know of i think he was pretty young when he was arrested Okay, well, let's hope there's another fourth generation. Yeah. So that's the story of Ward Weaver the Third. Weird. And that mofo and his dad and his son and yikes. And this is now a little outdated, but I have a geoscope. Yeah, okay. To give to all the Scorpios. Good, good, good. And to Geo. And here it is. Although you are very down to earth, at times you can also be very dry in the way you express yourself. True. <laughs> that's true. Talking about your feelings may be something you try to get out of the way as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. The current astral aspect encourages you to put a little more fire and originality into your voice when talking to your love. Me. That's M. Say it like you mean it. Come on, G. Come on. Come on. All I do is just tell you how much I love you. All There's no want. reason. There's no reason to hold back. I'm not going to. I'm not going to leave you. Don't hold back. I love him so much. So that's that. Thank you guys for listening again. Oh, wait. Unless you're a patron. 
donor a patreon donor are you a patronator you have the a patronator you have the option to listen twice you two different versions two different versions they're this different is hopefully too. the better one let's hope um thank you for listening and being fans of ours and everyone giving us shout outs about how we got a shout out in new york times that's awesome yay um and like in the like the real newspaper too not just like a digital article it was like it's front, in print front page of the arts section baby that's oh, amazing we're, c7 we're so proud guys just thank you so much you can find us on facebook instagram twitter patreon atwwd podcast we also have our website and that's where we drink.com we have our email and that's where we drink at gmail.com where you can put send us your personal stories we put out a new listeners episode every first of the month we have um what else do we have we have um we have a um, store and that's where we drink yes dot big cartel.com right um we also have our personal social media xt and schieffer and the m schultz and geo takes la geo takes la <laughs> I think that's about it, right? Yes. We love you guys so much. Come to CrimeCon. Come meet us. ATWWD to get a discount on your badge for the weekend. We know it's expensive, but it's a whole weekend that you get to hang out with us, and we really want you to be there. Yes. So come meet us in Nashville. Also, thank you, Deirdre, for being on the show. Thanks, Deirdre. That was really fun, and it was a nice surprise. Um. All right. Well, see you next week. Uh, I don't have a glass, so I just have to clink my empty LaCroix can. And that's why we drink. No, that's when we just do the, the sound, the... Just insert, just insert the cling sound of the song. Cling, cling. That's just so much more work for me. Okay, then don't do it. Here, you do the <laughs> clink and I'll do the. Okay. Cling. Ugh. Okay, never mind. That was. Okay. <laughs> Enough bodily noises, Em. Yep. Okay, we're done. Bye, Bye-bye. guys. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.